to an exclusive on PodHub Network. Your city, your podcast. To the delight of this crowd, McClendon marches down the dugout steps with first base. McCutcheon's throw. The runner breaks to the plate. Here's the throw. Wow. He is out. The Buckos win. That ball's in well to left center field. Back toward the track. You are listening to the North Shore 9 Podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Starbucks. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, Jim Rosati. Jim, what is up? We got a... We're talking after a Pirates series victory and the start of another. So how are you doing this morning? I'm doing excellent. A little little tired, but, you know, I'll get some coffee. I mean, it'll be all good. But, yeah, winners of three of four. How about that? Crazy. This is the Pittsburgh Pirates of 2021. They're good. They're good. Still can't sweep anybody, though. (laughs) Of course not. Hey, I mean, you know, I don't want to say you jinxed it, but. You're out there Sunday. Oh, guys, I got a feeling. I got a feeling, guys. Yeah, that's not happening. Pirates cannot sweep anyone. Well, they also, they're making Adam Adam Wainwright look like he's 27. It's ridiculous. I mean, he is good. He's having a good season, but yeah. he comes out there. Yeah, he looks, he looks incredible every time he plays the Pirates. I mean, he's been ace-like. Like true ace like. Right. I don't know why your audio I swear like once a show you just disappear and people can't hear it now. So you're talking about J Hap looking ridiculous as well. I'm gonna kinda of fill in because there there you are. You're back, Jim. Are we there? Are we back? All right. You went Anthony cool. Alfred on us. I just, you know, felt like swinging, strike, striking out, swinging a few times. Um, yeah, no, Jay Happ. They finally, you know, got over the Jay Happ hump and, and, you know, beat him. So that was that was good to see. But yeah, couldn't get a run off of uh, Wainwright again. No, <laughs> clearly. So, but I mean, listen. I guess once again, as we keep pointing out, it depends on which side of the fence you're truly rooting for this year and such. You know, I mean, I know even even the most cynical fans that want the number one draft pick are you know excited to the extent of the wins. But again, depending on the side of the fence you're on, the Pirates looked decent these past few games, and yes, they did win that series. It was a good series. Like I feel like all these games have been actually kind of fun to watch. It's been very rejuvenating after watching the first twenty one games. Or so, give or take, whatever it was before uh, before the series. Yeah, no, it was it was a good series. Um, and, and yeah, I don't I don't think anybody should be rooting for the team to lose. Like the team's right. bad enough; they're they're there going are. to lose. <laughs> well, you know, so it's it's like there's a set that if, is actively rooting because they're the anti pirates and everything. But there's also the set that's like I'm a fan, but I want the number one pick. They're out there, you know. I'm just saying. Even like I, those I fans get, have enjoyed like I baseball. Get, I get wanting the number one overall pick, but 
I don't know. Like if I'm going to sit down and watch a baseball game for three hours, I don't want to, I don't want to watch like what the Diamondbacks looked like last night. <laughs> you know, like if I were a Diamondbacks fan, I would not want to sit and watch that game. That would not be entertaining to me. I, I mean, I, I disagree. And I, I mean that because <laughs> if I was in that, like that was actually a, a decent game. Yeah, the Diamondbacks though just I, they they just did I everything don't they want to watch all the games that the Pirates have played after the deadline up until the Cardinals series. Like that's what I'm getting. Like those those games have been pathetic. At least I, to me last night, yeah. even as a Diamondbacks fan, I feel like it's semi entertaining. I don't know. Diamondbacks just did every single thing they could in their power to lose that game, and it, it was just enough. I mean, they, took just the just enough. they took the lead. <laughs> they took the lead. They took the lead. It was a five to two lead. Honestly, at that point in time, I I felt the Pirates might as well pack it in. <laughs> Got to score at least you know four more runs. Somehow they did it. That seventh inning was kind of wild. It really was. Three straight walks, loads the bases, and then who was who was up with the bases were loaded? Was it Reynolds? Uh, oh, Hayes was up. Was it Hayes first? Some maybe it was Hayes. They clearly could have walked as well. I think it was yeah. 3-0. Well, that was actually the eighth inning, wasn't it? Or I guess mm-hmm. there were three walks. In... Yeah, that was the eighth inning. The eighth inning, they walked the bases loaded because the Pirates scored a run in the eighth on no hits. Okay, yeah. Yeah. The fourth is when um, Yoshi you know, started off with a pinch hit home run. Yes. And then uh, Brian Reynolds hit a two-run double. Or two-run single or triple or something. Oh, yeah, yeah it, it was, was the triple. Triple, triple. Yep. yeah. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, no, last night's game was entertaining. Yeah. Um, I guess it was fun. I definitely want to talk about a few guys here, Yoshi being one of them. Uh, we could wait. Uh, um, I guess overall there's, I don't know, going back to the Cardinals, Cardinals series, anything else stand out? I mean, I guess let's highlight in point. David Bednar did get his first save. Pirates actually gave him a save opportunity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yep. He looked good. Now, of course, we can't you know, flash back to last night as well, his second save opportunity where he, he also started down and looked good. So David Bednar, we, we talked about him. I feel like it was last show or the show before that, you know, he's looking really good. He's being a very, very effective reliever. Mm-hmm. I would just like to see him get in better situations, you know, save opportunities, higher leverage. Pirates haven't been able to afford him that opportunity. And then, of course, since that show, now they have. So far, with that being said, still things all good. Yeah, and even going back to the St. Louis series, it all started really on Friday. Um, so Friday, Keller goes out there and finally has a good start. Like that was that was refreshing to see. So Keller goes five scoreless, um, and then Bednar came in in the seventh with guys on base, mm-hmm. uh, got out of that jam, and then pitched a scoreless eighth. So you know he he got into a high leverage situation there in the 7th um with the lead and runners on and he was able to 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 shut the door but yeah he then gets his first save on uh Saturday yeah so Saturday gets his first save 
Um, another another decent start put together by Dylan Peters. So I mean, at least he's gone out there twice now and shown that he's he's at least capable of it. Like I don't think, and I don't think anybody here should have any long term expectations about Dylan Peters. But right. that's two starts now, and he's been he's been he's been he's been fine. So um, it's, it's not bad there. How about Chad Cool's return to the bullpen? That happened this weekend. It Your did. boy. It, it did. Um, it's it's a little bittersweet. And I say that because I've talked about it, and we talked about before this season, I felt Chad Cool would be a really good, really, really good bullpen arm. I just also felt Chad Cool could be a good starter. So that's the bittersweet part. It's, it's bitter because it seems like maybe the Chad Cool starter story is now gone, at least with the Pirates. So I'm a little sad because I had high hopes for Chad. I wanted to be vindicated on Chad Cool. Um, mm-hmm. But that's over. It's it's bullpen Chad Cool. So I'm happy and let's let's make that a success. But I would say it was interesting his first time out. Yeah, to he say got the least. A little bit of trouble there. Um gave up a run, three hits in an inning. Mm-hmm. A couple strikeouts though to get out of it. But he looked a lot better last night. So yes, I would say that first that first outing, right? He was getting yeah. wrecked. His slider was getting wrecked. They're hitting off of it, and then he said bye bye slider, pulled out the four seam, and just struck everyone out. It was just weird because in one outing, it was like like Chad Cool's been Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, right? Like in every start, right? He'll have like two three good innings. And then just falls apart and nothing's there. And he did the same yeah. thing in, in just one inning. So mm-hmm. he, like he still couldn't get rid of it. It was still there. He came out, looked, looked terrible. I was shaking my head. And then all of a sudden he just went, boom, strike out, strike out, inning over, get off. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, we've, gosh, we've talked about Chad cool a lot on here. Um, Sorry. I think, yeah. And in, I think in an ideal world, you know, um, Chad Cole is a relief pitcher, right? Like if, if we're talking about okay. a good team, if we're talking about a good team, Chad Cole's not in the starting rotation. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the pirates have just been forced to put him in the, in the rotation year in and year out because he's been a top five starter. Like I, you can't tell me that any year, I mean, from 2016 on, He's been a top five starter on this team, maybe even top four. Um, you know, he, he's he hasn't been even like that last guy. Like he's he's been a contributor, a solid contributor to that that I mean I don't know, solid, but he's been a contributor to the rotation. <laughs> There's not um, been many you know, solid every single year. Yeah. There are not five starting pitchers in the organization who are capable of throwing major league baseball games better than him. And it hasn't been that way in a while. So the Pirates have kind of been forced to throw him into a starting role just because he's been one of their best starters. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think ideally he, he's a reliever. I, I like this move to put him in the bullpen the rest of the year. I'm curious on if this is just like a short term thing to monitor innings, or if this is like going into next year. Chad Cool is a reliever. Like I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what the long term play is. I am 100% with you on that as well, that I am very curious at because is this maybe their way of, I mean, they tried, 
he's finally back. He's finally healthy. New pitching coach, right? Like, let's show him off. Let's let's possibly trade with the deadline. And he was a disaster in the in the starting uh, rotation. So this may be their way of let's let's sneak him into the bullpen, and maybe he has his success, and maybe he becomes a trade chip or something. I don't know. Uh, that's kind of what I'm playing at with his right now. I don't I don't foresee. I don't see how you can make this a permanent thing though. Because we talk so often about how they need starting pitching. Like, I just assume next year he has to be open to be in the rotation again. Because who's it going to be? <laughs> right. So I'm with you. I'm curious. Yeah. I, it, it would make a lot of sense <clears throat> to go into spring training and, and Chad Cool is competing for a rotation spot. Right. You know, just because, like, who else is going to do it? Obviously, we don't know what they're going to do during the offseason here. They may bring in some arms, but mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, as of right now, unless bullpen Chad Cole becomes lights out and now becomes a commodity, you know, in the offseason. I don't think Chad Cool is a commodity for anybody in this offseason. I'm just saying if he is, <laughs> maybe this is just a thought. What if, right? This is like a last ditch <laughs> effort. What if you go in the bullpen? And he just completely is lights out. And it's like, oh, Chad Cole is a great bullpen arm. Let's go after him. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying, what if? It's a potential. Or, let's go. Move on, Jim. <laughs> God. All right. You're right. You're right. That's always a p- possibility. <laughs> just like Polanco getting picked up by another team <laughs> is a possibility. Right. <laughs> and us not having to pay him the rest of the year or pay his buyout. Right. Okay, so yeah, so God. I guess we can move on from Chad Cool. Is what you're saying? We've talked too much about sure. him. Yeah, that's fine. That's that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> Any Chad Cool is too much Chad Cool talk. Ridiculous. Fine. So let's let's move on to uh, uh, the next beloved person that's coming around in Pittsburgh because all we uh, all fans have is to. I mean, you have of course Reynolds and Hayes. But that's not enough. You have to find like the next Rule Five guy, the next DFA guy that just comes in and and has a couple good games and just make him like the cult hero. Let's talk about Yoshi. I I think you were pretty much on the same page. I think you actually like tweeted it out to the degree. But he's another guy, right? He he had he was interesting. He was interesting, interesting enough that the the Rays and the the Dodgers both had them on their team. But then not interesting enough that they both said, well, we don't want you on the team anymore. So Pirates being the third team now to pick him up, you know, I looked at it just as, eh, I mean, it's a guy. It's a guy. Let's see what happens. But now he's got three home runs. <laughs> um, I, I guess what I wanted to talk about is, so again, with these expectations, they're, they're tempered with me. Like, I'm not looking at this and saying, oh, you know, we got Yoshi, the Pirates could have like this legit player or whatever. But what I will say is he does provide at least some interesting stuff. When Nagowski was on the club, Nagowski was never interesting, right? N- never in the minors, like never with the Cardinals. Like, he wasn't really an interesting guy. He just came over. And what happened was he came over and had a ridiculous couple of weeks. And, of course, became the cult hero that he became, right? But even with those interesting weeks, right, even when Nagaski was at his best, he didn't hit for any type of power, right? I mean, he's a first baseman. Then he kind of fall flat, right? So if you can't hit for power, and, of course, you can't hit for average and such and all that, like you're not going to be in a major league club, which Nagaski wasn't. With Yoshi, 
even though he has failed, he has that intriguing power to him, right? You know it's there. He's got the raw power. I mean, that's why he was signed to the major leagues, mm-hmm. right? Um, he's never really displayed it and showed it, at least in the major leagues. When he went back down to the AAA this year, he, he did again. But again, now, you know, he's with the Pirates. A very, very small sample. He's hitting homers. What are your thoughts on Yoshi? Any Anything... So, um, there is like, I, I, I will say, I won't, I'm not sure if like interesting is the right word to use. Cause it's not like he's a prospect or anything. Like he came over from Japan at age 28. Mm-hmm. He's 29 now. Um, actually, yeah, 29. But, um, he, he was, uh, good enough in Japan that the Rays felt like he was worth giving a two-year 12 million dollar contract to you know the rays don't usually dish out six million dollars a year just to like anybody um so so like the rays found him intriguing uh to you know to bring him on board he certainly has some power like you said like that's that's pretty much his his tool right um his strikeouts are always going to kind of keep him from being like a, a good hitter like overall hitter but yeah the power's there like and that i think that's that's pretty pretty well documented um you know his rookie year in 2020 you know eight homers but he, I mean, if you count you know in at bats eight homers and 157 at bats so he's homering at once every you know if you're starting every game he start he's homering once every four games essentially um four or five games so he uh he certainly has the power which is something that this lineup just is in desperate need of um because there's just no one there who's put, put, uh, capable of doing it i actually like bringing him in because you, you know i i feel like you can now play him a little bit down the stretch here um he, he plays a few he plays first base and left field so he, he can do both he's not also exactly something the best fielder in the world really couldn't do <laughs> yeah but he, he he's not the best fielder in the world but he can play more than just first base mm-hmm. um but I, I i like this move because um and i'll have to kind of refresh my memory on how how this works like i know i know if you come over from japan like are are you still subject to the whole six years thing i don't think you are so i don't quote like, me but i don't believe yeah. he is okay so like he's a free agent at the end of the year like it's not like we can just say hey we're going to keep you even though he only has two years of service time right and it does list here yeah he is a free agent in 2022 yeah. yep that's what i thought mm-hmm. um so so yeah, I mean, when I first saw this, I was like, well, maybe this is somebody like they're giving him a tryout, and then if he works out, they either you know keep him for next year. Um, but I don't know if that's really an option. But I, I think he's just he's just a guy at this point mm-hmm. who can can get some at bats and he can provide some power. I I'm I'm okay with the move. Um, I'd rather see him than you know some other guys who were on the roster. So uh, I, uh, I'm totally cool with him getting some playing time. Um, I, I I don't know if there's a whole lot of like long-term 
you know, justification to doing any of it. But again, you just you, you want to see some power and he at least provides that. Yeah, I think that's that's all fair to say about him. Um, this is probably going to be one of, again, probably going to be one of those cases where because he's hit the three home runs now, like it's a detriment to him because people are feeling like, oh my god, like the like Charrington did it. You know, they they got Yoshi, they mm-hmm. found this this guy, and he's the future. I mean, it's really what's going on with Nagowski. I mean, how many people were talking about Nagowski like? They they did it. They they cardinaled the cardinals, right? They got this guy. He's the future, and he fell flat on his face. So I, I again, I, I feel like the three home runs, right? I feel like this this little bit of a solid start he's had with the Pirates is is going to be a detriment to him because people now feel like he's the guy. He's good, and he has he has produced for the Pirates. He hasn't produced anywhere else. Like he's been very very bad <laughs> elsewhere. Um, and now for these, what is it like eighteen at bats or something? Let me pull it up here. Um, yeah, yeah, eighteen plate appearances. Yeah, he's yep. looked good. It's eighteen plate appearances. So, right. um, I'm not expecting too much, but it is fun. It is fun. It's a, I, I, I don't know. I mean, if he finishes out the season, is productive though. Do you look at possibly trying to sign him to another type of a deal? I mean, found success I think with the Pirates. Yeah, not I, mean, I think it's have. certainly a possibility. Yeah, I mean, if it's something where if he shows he can hit here down the stretch and you want to bring him back and he's, I mean, he's not going to be very expensive. If he even commands a major league deal, who knows? It depends on really how this last month goes. Um, but yeah, and he, like I say, he, he's, got, he's got a good power tool. He can hit. He can hit the ball over the fence. If, if you were to give this guy... 600 plate appearances right which, which i don't know if that's ever a good idea but if you were like he he'd probably be a 30 plus homer guy like that's that's where his power is at yeah well things so, that's kind of intriguing too is he, he does for the small bit of you know size he has he has gotten on base quite well too so yeah i mean if you look at it, even his rookie year like his first year here in america i mean the average was low like i mean it was below 200 but you know, once you kind of combine the on-base percentage and the power, he was pretty much a league average hitter, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then this year, obviously it fell off, didn't start off well for him in Tampa Bay. Didn't really do much in, in LA. He, you know, he was hitting the ball. Okay. in triple a, so it, it was kind of just a regular year so far this year for him, but uh, yeah, I mean, maybe he gets more playing time with the pirates and, I mean, who knows? I, I don't know if the I don't know if people are gonna talk about Yoshi in a way like, oh hey, we fleeced the Dodgers on this one. You know, we got them to to release him and we signed him and now we found this you know diamond in the rough. I don't know if I mean maybe there are some people out there who are doing that, but uh, uh, I think for the most part people understand what we have here mm-hmm. and hopefully they don't overreact too much. But yeah, he certainly could be somebody who's in the mix to bring back next year. Like I said, especially with the power. I mean, that's what I've been saying this whole time is like, there's no reason why you at least can't have power guys at first base in the corner outfield. Like the they're how many times have we said like these people are a dime a dozen? Like there are t- so many people out there where if you just throw them in the lineup and give them 500 at bats, they can hit 25 plus homers, right? 
Um, and the Pirates just seemingly don't have any of those people. Um, well, this is a guy who you do that with, right? Like he maybe he's not going to provide you tons of value over the course of a year, but if you were to give this guy 500 bats, he's hitting 25 plus homers. Like that's he, he's going to do it. That's just what he's that's what he's always done. Um, so yeah, I guess you could throw him in the mix as somebody who's you know potential option for that next year. Yeah, I like it. Um, again, it's 18 plate appearances. He could fall off the face and. You know, yes. be terrible like next week, right? But so far, what you're seeing, you know, again, like that—that that was part of the issue as well. Um, he just hasn't looked like a good major league hitter, and so far, so far he is. So there's still some intrigue, but again, at least he does provide that. Where the other options, as you mentioned, really just haven't. So I am, I am intrigued by it. And, and to go back, like you said, there's a reason the Rays paid him six million dollars. Like there has been something there, obviously. Maybe there's an adjustment. Maybe he can figure it out. Maybe it takes the 13 for him. I don't know. I'm not expecting it. Temper your expectation, everyone. But he is, to me at least, provides some intrigue. Um, all right. So we talked about Chad Cole. We talked about Yoshi. A little bit of David Bednar. Do we want to talk about the guy who, uh, who, who's not a pirate anymore, but also is in the starting right field <laughs> as of last night? Goodness gracious. Yeah. Um, how, how, how terrible of a story was that non-story? Exactly. Yeah. That, it, it ended up being just a complete non-story. Um, I mean, if it's this, you know, I know they changed the rules a little bit for those post deadline deals. Right. But like, I mean, remember back in the day, you know, you would put everybody on waivers, everyone. right? <laughs> like literally everybody you would put on waivers in August to see, okay, how many people can get through? Because if they get through, then you now have an August waiver trade mm-hmm. candidate. Right. Yep. Um, and that's basically what happened here. Like you can't trade these guys anymore, but the pirates just put Polanco on waivers so that if anybody were to claim them, he would go to their team, but if nobody claims him, nothing happens. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, this, uh, it was, uh, waiver rules can be very confusing at times. And even I don't understand, you know, to understand them. Like if you want to get a refresher on kind of how all this stuff works, you know, Ethan is like the, you know, Ethan Houlihan on Twitter, that's who you want to go to. He has, he's had some pretty good breakdowns over the last few days about, uh, about waivers and you know, how they work. But I mean, this really was like a complete non-story. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's you know, if you know he's being placed on waivers, you can throw that out there. Be like, hey, Polanco, just to let you know he's been placed on waivers. If if another team claims him, you know, it means that the Pirates are relieved of his salary, right? But like, if you would have if, if you would have just presented it that way, everybody would have been like, oh, well, that's not going to happen. So who cares <laughs> right and, and like you said this is this has been done before it's not as if this is something new it's not as like yeah. well it's the first time that you know and we'll be implementing this new rule and gregor polanco is the first part to be on it it's it's simply waivers he was put on waivers the whole entire hoopla like everything about the whole situation that was put out there was more or less like he's done he's done yeah. uh, unless then it turned into unless no one claims him then he could return to the pirates of these stipulations and blah, blah blah and then at the end of the day like you said it just comes out that 
We were just put on waivers. That's it. Like nothing. There's nothing about this. Typically, basically, nothing was going to change. We didn't even need to hear about it, even though we could have. And it's fine if it was informed correctly. They put on waivers, and everyone would have understood and just moved forward. Because no one's like you said, no one's taking what like I think it's two point seven million dollars remaining on his salary that they have to take on. No one's no one's doing that. Plus, plus obligated to it the option next yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> no one's doing that. <clears throat> so if you just would have said he's on waivers, like you said, okay, well it's not happening. So Polanco's still a pirate. It just it's amazing. It just amazes me. But. With that said, since since we had a little discussion about it, <laughs> you know, if, if that were the case, right, if he was to move on or if he was to get let go or such, I mean, <clears throat> he's still a pirate, <clears throat> so regardless, but <clears throat> is, <clears throat> man, sorry, is he really warranted still playing time down the stretch? Do you want to see other guys? Like, like what is Polanco's, I guess we can say his send off because we know it's not going to be. It, it is his last year as a pirate. It's this is it. Yeah, <clears throat> he. Um, <clears throat> I mean, for as 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 rough as it's been for him the last couple of years, it's even more rough this year. He's approaching negative two war. <laughs> uh-huh. Like that's not out of the question if you were to keep playing him that he ends up being a negative two war player, which is just unbelievable. (laughs) Um, I, at this point, am, um, I don't have a problem with them playing him necessarily, but at the same time, if they just stopped playing him, at least every day, I'd be completely fine with that too he hasn't done anything to deserve the playing time, right? The only thing you can think of is, okay, well, you know, is there anybody out there who does deserve the playing time? And, and there's not really anybody banging down the door, uh-huh. right? Who is uh, deserving of it. I, I, I'm fine though with like, if they were to like, Hey, let's, let's see more of, Michael Chavis, or let's see more of Yoshi Susugo uh, or Hoy Park. They bring him back up and they say, hey, let's see more of Hoy Park. Like I'm, those, I'm, those things I'm completely fine with because we just don't really know a lot about those guys. Um, but I mean, as of right now, Gregory Polanco, we talk about, we talk about Kevin Newman a lot being the worst hitter in major league baseball. Um, Kevin, Gregory Polanco is the worst player in major league baseball this year, like according to, uh, to, to wins above replacement. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you, if you were to just bench him and make him a bench bat, there's, I would have absolutely no issues with that. <laughs> like, right. None whatsoever. No, I, I completely agree with you. You know, when, then when the fake news came out, I really just was indifferent to it, you know, and I felt like that's that is my mm-hmm. case. Like if the Pirates were per se to just flat out DFA him, um, to me, and again, this is I I do I like Gregory Polanco. I've always pulled for him. I've always rooted for him. He seems like a good guy. 
the talent just really isn't there, unfortunately. And if the Pirates did eventually DFA him, to me, it just it, it is what it is. I wouldn't be angry. I wouldn't be happy. It just <clears throat> the writing's on the wall. He's not that good. Like you said, he is the worst player in baseball, right? So it mm-hmm. just is what it is. The, the issue is that there is no one that, like, you're not going, what's the, like, the outcome? Like, at what expense are you DFAing him? There's there's no one that you're, like, wanting to play. It's not as if it, like, if Swaggerty was still healthy, right? Like, that would be the move. Like, okay, you DFA Swagger or DFA Polanco, you call up Swaggerty, and you let him see at-bats and such. But, like, there is no one that you're wanting to give those at-bats to that is also deserving of it. So you're just DFAing him to DFA him. Um, and, and that's where I'm with you. It's it's not as if anyone's knocking on the door, but going forward, okay, uh it Hoy Park was that guy. Like you're gonna give him every at bat that you can because you want to see as much from him. He has been optioned down, he has struggled. I get the option, I'm cool with it. Uh, but with Hoy Park going down, right, and Casho going down, what you do have is Michael Chavis up. So Chavis now becomes to me that Hoy Park. Like now Chavis is a guy that you want to get as many at bats to to see what he's got, whether he's worked on whatever it is that he needs in AAA or such, right? In Indianapolis. Like he's in the majors, you give him those at bats. So Chavis is in the lineup, right? Uh Yoshi's in the lineup, as you mentioned. Like, like all these guys can get in the lineup, and it's gonna be at the expense of to me, Polanco being on the bench. Like he's now that fourth, or mm-hmm. as you joke, if there are any. He's now a fifth outfielder because you're going to give yeah. all those guys those opportunities. There's no need to give Gregory Polanco opportunities opposed to just actually giving people days off. He's a great clubhouse guy. So him being around, that's good. But he doesn't have to be playing. And unfortunately, that's where I'm at as well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I guess, you know, when it comes to if they were to DFA him being indifferent, I do think, like, at this point of the year, I would be a little disappointed, and and I even shared it when we thought he was gone, right? I, I would be disappointed in them DFAing him at this point in the year. Like, there's no reason why they can't at least let him ride out his contract, I think. Um because I think it, it, there is value to be had in having a good clubhouse guy, right? I mean, that's I know the like the, the on-field there product is. has been been terrible, but like there there is there is some value in having a guy who you know your team really likes. Um, and it, it, like the, this team's bad, <clears throat> like the team is bad all around. So it's like okay, well, what, what's what's having this one bad guy? But as long as people you know everybody kind of likes them and gets along with them, and he you know keeps things fun then you know there's maybe some value there um so i i would be a little disappointed if they were to 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 dfa him you know with this this late in the year and the reason being is there's there's not really a lot of people out there who i'm like you know what gregory polanco is is taking away chances from so and so right right like if it's like hey we're going to dfa Gregory Polanco so that Anthony Alford can get playing time then like that that I would be a little so, upset with <laughs> because like what are yeah. why why uh no like Anthony Alford's terrible um we don't need to do that but if it was something where 
uh, you know, let's say if Matt Frazier was in AAA right now and mm. he's crushing the ball, and it's like, you know what? We're going to DFA Polanco and we're going to bring up Matt Frazier these last few weeks of the year. Then I would be cool with it, right? So it it's just kind of depends on the situation, but like with the way that the the word that the roster's structured right now and and what's out there and what's available to be called up from the minors, there's just I don't see the point in DFAing him. I, I mean, I, I can't argue it. Like yeah. I said, I, I'm just I am indifferent. I couldn't argue either side because if it happened. I I would just move forward and I understand it. And if it doesn't happen for all the reasons you just said, I also understand. And I'm cool with it as well. It's not as if there's anyone. And right, I forgot about Alfred. I did, oh. <laughs> that just <laughs> the show was actually going pretty good this morning, and then you brought up Alfred. <laughs> um, and again, I know it sounds like you, especially you, you get all the heat, but it sounds like you hate him. But right, like right. just nothing, nothing intrigues me about Alfred anymore at all. So right. That would be the point I was making. If we're cutting, if the Pirates DFA'd, you know, Polanco just to do it, right? And it's at the expense to see more Alford, just just keep Polanco. <laughs> but Chavis, well, like you mentioned, Frazier, like those are the type of guys that, okay, like let's let's see them. Let's give them the opportunities. Um, so, yeah. So, regardless, though, we'll move forward from that. Polanco is a Pirate. Sounds like he's probably going to be a Pirate for the rest of the season. Um, and then with that being said, right, like I'm cool with he's on the club. He's a great clubhouse guy. I think he understands to where he's at. Not that he's OK with it. I'm sure there's a level of frustration, but it just it just is what he is right now. And, you know, and he's got a lot of talent, but I don't know how just how much that shoulder injury really, really played into more or less the ending of his career. Um, but, yeah, just keep him on the club. He's your fourth. Fifth out for this time. He spells guys. He's a pinch hitter. Uh, give all the other people opportunities because you're not. I mean, Reynolds and Gamble are playing well. They're there. They're not moving. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, all right. Um, any other words you have about Polanco or anyone else at the club, or do we want to talk about some some prospects? Let's talk about one other guy, <clears throat> and just because of what he's done, you know, recently. Um, Kevin Newman. Yes. Okay. He I mean, I it. feel like he deserves some, he deserves a little bit of credit here. Um, and it really just has to do with, you know, I, if you watched the game last night, he was excellent mm-hmm. defensively. Um, I mean, he's, he's the best shortstop this team's had since Clint Barmas I, I, defensively. He's, he's just been lights out. Um, making plays that I just didn't even think he was capable of making. But in the month of August, right, we talked about just how bad he's been as a hitter. But in the month of August, 296, 339, 519, he's got a 122 weighted runs created plus. I mean, talk me down the ledge here, Donardo, but <laughs> if Newman, if Newman uh, does this for August and September, like I was thinking this was a guy who was like no chance of being on this club next year, but right. Okay. He now has a positive war. <laughs> like it's at least positive. It's 0. 0.3. Um, he's, and he's hitting again, like he's hitting again. And the defense has been spectacular. Like talk me off this ledge here, but <sighs> okay. Is, is uh, Kevin Newman back? <laughs> let me play devil's advocate, but also, 
give you my viewpoint on this also uh, as well. Okay. Because right, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, this guy was a non-tender candidate. Probably also seen his last days as a pirate. He's the worst shortstop in baseball. As we talked about with Polanco, everything was the same for Newman. He actually is the worst hitter in baseball, but he's also like production wise, as far as war goes, like he's the he's been the worst shortstop in baseball. Right. So I'm pushing you off the ledge. We're holding hands. We're, we're jumping off together. That that's Kevin Newman's not a pirate anymore. He's terrible. He's garbage. Move forward. Right. That that was our mindset. But but you're correct. We have to give him credit for as much as we've trashed him. We should give him credit when he is producing. His defense has come out of nowhere this year. Like his entire career was his mo is he can hit. He can hit for average. He's great contact. His his defense isn't there, but it's it's passable, right? Like he can play short probably. Maybe he moves to a second base long term, you know. And then this year, like the defense has been spectacular. As everything we're talking about, how terrible his hitting is, it's been like the complete opposite as far as fielding goes. He's been like one of the better defensive shortstops in baseball, period. One of the better defenders in baseball. So, like you said, at least he has that. But it's not as if there's been a nice compromise where the bat's still not there, but it's, it's okay enough for him to be there. Like, it's been so bad that even with that great defense, he needs to be gone. But yes, Jim, things have definitely changed. He has not only become a good enough hitter, he's become a good hitter. Like, as you mentioned, in the month of August, a 122 way to run created plus. So he's 22% better than average. But the ball's been going in the air. Like, that's one thing I've noticed as well. Like, it actually has been going in the air. Not all of his slugging has come from, like, the Adam Frazier bloop, right? Or it's hit right, right perfectly down the line that he gets a double out of it. He has shown a bit of actual pop. Like you hear the bat make a pop when it hits now. I don't yeah. know if he has made an actual change. That's something I'm intrigued on. What if he's just like scrap all of this stuff and I'm going to this now approach or or this, whatever, this new swing. Um, I haven't really looked too much into that. But he looks different. He's played different. What I'm fearing is I made a joke about it on Twitter, but what I'm fearing is, is Kevin Newman going to be the new Polanco? Like, is he Polancoing us, right? You write him off, you write him off, and now Kevin Newman's having this hot month. You're like, let's keep him for next year. And he's going to come in next year and be terrible and then have this month, and you're like, all right, well, let's keep him for next year. <laughs> so that's where I'm going to yeah. play devil's advocate. That's where I'm going to talk you off the ledge now. Haven't we seen enough to say that we know what Kevin Newman is now that this hot stretch of 59 plate appearances isn't going to change anything, Jim? So you mentioned like, has anything changed? Right. Um, because I think that's what you can kind of look at. Like it has, has something changed. And, and mm-hmm. you mentioned the fly balls, he's in the ball in the air and the numbers back that up. So, you know, going into, this month, his fly ball percentage, you know, 31, 31, 30, those, those were his, his percentages. This month, it's 42, 42. Um, he's also, this has been his best month as far as line drives percentage. Um, he is hitting the ball harder. His hard hit percentage is higher this month than any month. Um, so, the exit like the the exit velocity and the 
um, launch angle stuff is kind of supporting his his good month, right? Um, <sighs> I don't know. I'm to the like <laughs> I, I I want I actually want to see more of them. So that's my thing. Like I'm to the point now where I'm like, you know what? I I don't want to bench him. I want to see Kevin Newman play every day. We finally and got it, him to the bench, Jim. We finally did it. <laughs> no, like I want to see him now every game from here on out. And if he can replicate <laughs> his August performance, it finish it up this month and do it in September. Here's a couple things. If he does this, right? Because you know we we talked about how far back he was as far as like the worst hitter in baseball uh -huh. well guess what he's still the worst hitter in baseball but it's really close <laughs> like it's, it's actually you it's hear yourself close. though he is the worst hitter but it's close now so, to being the second worst it is like he's only a little bit behind nick ahmed and elvis andrews right? i mean that's so that's where we're at that's where we're at. Here's okay. the thing, though. His defense is way better than, like, both of those guys. So, like, if you can – if I don't know, if Kevin Newman can put another month where he's, like, 120 weighted runs created plus hitter, he's finishing the year probably somewhere around 65, right? And clearly that's not going to cut it, right? But, like, in a perfect world, if Kevin Newman's giving you this amount of defense, right – and he's even just like a 90 weighted runs created plus guy. Then he's, then he's like a two plus war player. <laughs> so I don't know. Give him every start from here on out. Let's, let's see if he's figured it out. So here's where I'm at. Cause who else are you going to play? There you go. That, yeah. that that's, that's it. He, so I joked about, he's going to Polanco us, but he is in that Polanco situation. It's why he's been given all the opportunities to still have these at bats and be the worst player in baseball. There's no one that's knocking on the door either for him. It's not as if it's like, well, if you don't right, like you got to get Kevin Newman out of there because Cole Tucker's in triple a, right? That's, that's not a thing. So I almost felt even before this three weeks, even though I was saying he's a non-tender guy, I almost felt as if we probably still would see Kevin Newman next year as a pirate. Because, I mean, who else do you really have there anyways? Because he's doing what he's doing right now. And like you said, especially if he finishes it, I think it's a no-brainer he will be a pirate. Because of all, all the things we talked about. I mean, he does have the pedigree. He does have the 2019 season. Like, he does have something behind him. It's not as if he just came up to the MLBs. And did what he did last year and then all this year up until three weeks ago, right? So he has a history at least. And I think that history with his defense and these two months, right, that can come up will be enough to keep him around next year because still there's no Nick Gonzalez. There's no Baguero. There's nothing there. And it's it's not Cole Tucker either. He's not that guy. So hmm. I think all of that has everything for Kevin Newman to return. Um, I'm not opposed of it. As you said, give him all the opportunities. Well, now, of course, that Hoy Park's gone. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, I hope Kevin Newman makes like me look like an idiot. You know, I, I hope he does it. That would be in the club's best interest. Good for him. I don't believe in it. But if he does this, you give him the opportunity to come back again next year and, and see what he does. But again, like that's that is the thing, and that's why I'm more willing. It's not as if he's gotten lucky 
and the numbers have turned around. There has been a change. Now, I don't know if the change has been luck. Like, I don't know if the ball is just going in the air, right? It's it's a small sample size. Um, or if he's physically, fundamentally changed something to produce that. But he is looking different. All right. Calvin All right. <laughs> short stop of the future. You know, for three months, bench Kevin Newman. He gets benched, and then, like, in two days later, he becomes the greatest hitter ever as a shortstop. Yep. <laughs> All right. Great. All right. We we down we down the prospects now. Yeah, I think we're done. Yeah. Prospects. All right. I don't know why this isn't working. Um. Whatever. We won't have our transition. All right, let's talk about prospects then. So uh, I'll give you the floor, Jim. I know this is, this is really your thing, and there's a prospect that you like that Bucko Mike doesn't like that you really want to talk about. So let's go. Yeah, we won't spend too much time on the prospects today, but um, I think Nick Gonzalez definitely deserves some highlighting here. Um, just been on an absolute tear. And, and, you know, we kind of called him out a little bit ago as far as like, hey, this is this is an advanced hitter. He really needs to start showing that, you know, he's he's dominating high A ball like that. That shouldn't be an issue for him. And uh, we're, we're there like we are. We are there. Um, he's now on the year. Let me pull up his numbers here, but. You know, after after another good week, he's now hitting 298, mm-hmm. a 368 on base percentage, 514 slugging percentage, 10 home runs, and 272 plate appearances. So he is now showing that, that you know he he can hit high A pitching. Um, the strikeouts are down. They it, you know he was in the 30s before. He's now high 20s, still higher than what you want to see, but he is getting that number down. Uh, but if you look at, uh, I mean, gosh, if you look at his just last month, going back to, you know, today's August twenty second. So let's let's take it to, you know, July twenty. I was gonna say right? actually, what I have here, I pull up since seven sixteen because here's the thing: we talked about him last week over like the last month. Okay. And like how good All those right. numbers were, so, and got it. Cool with that. So to go from from where More he was, 13th, but. Uh, yeah. So so that's thirty one games. So over thirty one games, he's got uh, he's hitting three seventy five, four forty one on base percentage. He's slugging six oh two. That's an OPS of one thousand forty two. Weighted runs created plus of one seventy seven. So he's now he he's now put together a, a month stretch where he's demonstrating he is. He is an elite hitter in this league. Um, minor league seasons don't last as long as major league seasons. I want to see him go to double A at this point. Like I, I feel like that was his original, you know, track where, you know, all things perfect. He starts the season in high A, ends it in double A, kind of going that Pedro Alvarez route, right, as as a college hitter. And I think he's, I think he's to that point where they should do it. Um, I guess we'll find out today, really, if he's been promoted or not. They usually do that on 
Tuesdays because it's just kind of the, the new the new series start date. But mm-hmm. gosh, I, I I think he's showing what he can show in high A. Like I said, the injuries kind of derailed him at the beginning part of the year, and I think that's hopefully that's all it was, you know, in terms of like just figuring it out and kind of getting in a groove. But the dude's in a groove now. I mean, he's he's crushing the ball. It's been very exciting to see because there's been a lot of hopes about Nick Gonzalez, you know, for all the things you said, for the fact that I think a lot of people felt like he fell in the draft, right? Uh, the Pirates were able to land him, you know, with a pick. The fact that he's a college hitter, can get here quickly. Uh, you know, there's a lot of expectations for him. You know, he came into the season and injuries did plague him. Very, very slow starts. You have people like Bucko Mike saying he's a bust. He can't, you know, he can't hit above 260. You know, regardless of all the other numbers around it, right? Batting average was the the one and only stat some people looked at. Uh, he's doing everything now. The strikeouts are down, which is also like as you mentioned last week, very very intriguing. Uh, it's good to see. So last week when we talked about him, you know, I said much like Polanco, I was indifferent. You know, if he stays in Double A, I'm okay. If he moves up, I'm okay. I'm not pounding on the door because he missed so much time and such. There's a little bit left. There's just a little bit left of the season, anyways. Um, but here's the thing: since then, right? Since last week, Jim. Since I said I was indifferent, he's only got a 210 weight run credit plus. You know, he's only been twice as good as everyone else. Uh, he's batting 444 as of last week. Uh, you know what? Let, let, let's do it. Let, let's what's he have to prove, I guess, in the next few weeks with double A. I'm cool with it. Let's get him up there in double A. Let's uh let's say double A, single A, whatever. Let's get him up in double A. Let's get him some at bats. Get him prepped for next year. Cause if he's doing this, like he he deserves. Let, let's get him up there where everyone else is aligned at, right? Let's get him in double A at least. Um give him a little bit of I guess experience, right? Tasting the better pitching, um, but he's killing it. He is. He's doing. He's doing everything and more that you want to see from Nick Gonzalez at this point in time over like the past five weeks. Yeah, I, he's like. I think it just comes down to like you want to see some sustained success at your level, um, and he's he has shown that he uh, he's definitely he's now to the point where I mean he's over a month now where he's he's dominated high a pitching so Mm -hmm. let's let's move him on to the next step i'm for similar similarly we you know with what they did with i think there's really only one other guy i want to i want to talk about here but um similarly with what they did with matthew frazier so same thing dominated high a ball right he just did it a little bit quicker than gonzalez he didn't really have too many injuries this year so he was he was kind of on track from the get-go and goodness gracious this guy's been just tearing up double a ball too um in his 16 games since being promoted to the curve he's hitting 379 (laughs) 422 on base percentage 690 slugging percentage he's an extra base machine Two home runs, um, six doubles, three triples. The guy had more. He, he has eleven extra base hits and eleven singles. Like the dude, <laughs> the dude can hit. Just flat out hit. Right. Like it's such a good story. I mean, he, he by far and away the minor league player of the year in this organization. Like there's no one else even touching his touching him. Um, 
gosh, he's just he's just crushing the ball. And it's so so refreshing to see. It is. And what Lutu here is right. Like he, he got the call up, but he's doing better in double A than he was in like he was doing great in high A. Talk of the town. Talk everyone. Like Matt Frazier. Look what he's doing. Great in high A. And he goes to double A and he does better in double A. He's doing better than now than he was in single A. So man, I'm telling you, like I am just I'm through the roof of this guy. You know, uh, we talked about like what his prospect status would be and such. Um, I guess we didn't talk about that too much. MLB did release their top prospects, and it was that day, I believe, <laughs> later on that day, and they did place yeah. Frazier in there. Where is he? Because I forget. Was he 19? Yeah, I think he was somewhere around 18, 19 in that area. Why didn't this have? Which kind of goes to what we said. Like, I, we didn't think he was going to be mm-hmm. near the top of any list. Um, but yeah, and then Baseball America, they have their update. He's 26th on Baseball America's. Um, you looking like up the pipeline? I'm on pipeline. For some reason, it's not there. I don't know if they didn't like post it to the Maybe site. They didn't. I don't, I don't Maybe know. They didn't update it. Yeah. But. Either way, yeah. that that's kind of that's where I maybe a little bit higher, of course, than you know, at Baseball America. Um, but that's kind of where I'm at with him, and I can understand. He's 23. Fine. Okay. He's uh he's came out of nowhere, right? So like you probably want it's one of those things like you you want to see it again. But but I'm so intrigued by this guy. I'm so intrigued. I cannot wait for next year to see if he you know does this in, in triple A and then if he does, like he's in the majors this year, next year, as you mentioned, he he is there. That's going to be fun because this is finally like a guy who just for the Pirates comes out of nowhere and can potentially be a good player. So I don't know, but the, there's a lot, a lot to love about Matt Frazier. And um, again, like the strike, like he's doing everything again. Like the strikeouts aren't there. He's hitting everywhere. He's hitting for power. Like I guess the the one downside is he's not walking as much because he's just hitting everything. <laughs> yeah right i mean at this point I, i'm okay with that because yeah i mean he's hitting 380 so right. it's like you really need to walk when you're hitting 380 like in a high a his his walk percentage was 12.3 and now it's down to 4.7 but his on base is higher it's 20 points higher you know like yeah. he's not walking because right. simply he just hits everything instead who needs to walk when i can get a double <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he, he's just driving the ball. Like you see the highlights, at, you know, every, luckily the Altoona Curve account has been great, you know, posting highlights and stuff. So, I mean, he, he's driving the ball to all fields. You know, he's he's hitting the ball off the left center field wall. The guy has a sweet swing and he, uh, yeah, I think I think Pirates fans should be pretty excited about him. I am. And, and this isn't, this isn't, an opportunity. I'm going to say this isn't me trying to have an opportunity to knock on Mason Martin, but for all the talk and love that you know we've been giving Mason Martin and such, Matt Frazier's your home run leader. You know he's got more home runs than Matt and uh, Mason Martin. So like, there's that. He is literally doing it. He's hitting for average. He's getting on base, hitting for power. Like this guy, and according to people, he's a really really good defender. Like this is a five tool guy that you're you're looking at right now. And he doesn't strike out like Martin does. So like everything you want to see, <laughs> everything you want to see in like a corner outfielder, 
like you're seeing out of Matt Frazier. I don't think there's much more you could see. Like what, there's, what, there's, what more yeah. could you expect or want from anyone? Right. That's that's the level of production he's giving. Like that's what's so crazy. It's not as if he's he's playing good and he's you know moving moving some guy you know moving on the radar or such. Like he's just you can't ask for anything better. Mm-hmm. Period. All right. Um. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I don't know. Anything else that you wanted to uh, talk as far as prospects? I think that'll do it. Just wanted to kind of touch on those two. So maybe just the highlights. Uh, Cruz is back. Ronzi's coming back. Yahuri has made his AAA um, rehab. So, so I, I guess the one thing is that the negative things about the prospects, right? The guys that are injured, and right away we felt like, okay, great. Here's Tommy John coming up. They're all good. <laughs> They've escaped, which is also, yeah. well, I guess. I guess you're fine because they weren't in the 40 man. Your hurry's case, your your Tommy John over and under is looking pretty good then. That's true. So yeah, but keep it let's keep it going. Right. So yeah, that's that's really good news. Even though they don't finish at the seasons and like you're not talking about Ronzi in the sense of he got the promotion and he's looked outstanding. We at least get to talk about these guys are healthy. There's no surgery, so that's very, very good news. So we can end there, maybe? Yeah, definitely. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, then uh, Pirates will be playing the Diamondbacks again, and then they got the Cardinals again, and we'll be on NSN Live Thursday. So we'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. See you guys.